catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Welcome into the extra yard here on the Five Reasons Sports Network, brought to you by Prize Picks, BetterEdge.com. You break, wheel fix. Dolphin fans, we are almost there, man. Two more days left. The NFL's back. You had Detroit beating Kansas City on the road last night. So here we are in week one. Alex Dono alongside former Miami Dolphin, Troy Stratford. Troy, how are you? I'm great. Football is here. I'm ready. You know, a little short little... Did you know? Did you know, watching last night's game, I played for both of those teams. I didn't know that. I played for both of I remember teams. Detroit because you gave me the Barry Sanders stories. I, I didn't realize you played for KC. Yeah, when I was in KC, Okoye was there. Barry Word was there. That was the best team that I ever played with all around, offensively yeah. and defensively. And it's funny, I turn on the game and I'm watching the game and I go, it's surprised. It didn't surprise me, but I go, Oh, I played for both of them. <laughs> and it's like, I don't even pay attention. Like I, I it means nothing to me. That's well, okay. How- um, you know, so, so Casey had a, had the best overall team when you were there, but what, what about the city? I've never been to Detroit. Actually, I've never been to Kansas city either, but what was it like? Uh, which was the better city to live in? I think Kansas I may already city. know the end. Yeah. I figured Kansas city was my first time at that moment. Yeah. Being in the Midwest, like I, I'm from New Jersey, went to school in Boston. You know, I could get to water like I could get yeah. to a beach somewhere, whether in, in Boston, I went to Nantucket or something like that to the Cape. You know, Jersey was like 40 minute ride to the beach. And here in Florida, all you got to do is step out your door and you're at the yeah, beach. It's wild. And I go to Kansas City and I'm like. So where's the beach? And they go, beach? We don't have beaches here. But they had some great barbecue in Kansas City. Oh, I've heard legends. Yeah. Yes. Wow. All right. So so Detroit takes down Kansas City last night. And, uh, you know, as uh, I, I didn't I didn't bet uh, on either side, actually, but. I'm really glad I didn't bet on KC because you know you got we got the late notice before the game started that Travis Kelsey was definitely right. out. Uh, I'm also a Travis Kelsey fantasy owner, so that was a big time disappointment that he had. You know, I took him out of my lineup in time, but still right. a big time disappointment. I didn't have him for Week One, and I feel like Kansas City probably would have won. I don't know if they would have covered, but they would have won the game had Travis Kelsey played. Uh, but our Miami Dolphins, Troy. Uh, we got to start out out west in uh, not San Diego, but Los Angeles, taking on Justin Herbert and the Chargers. You've got a matchup of a new offensive coordinator in Los Angeles, Kellen Moore, uh, and a new defensive coordinator with the Dolphins, Vic Fangio. You know, 
coach for coach, I'm putting my money on Fangio in that matchup, but I know Kellen Moore does have a good reputation. Um, I'll give you, Troy, what I think is going to be, and it's going to be the key for a lot of games the Dolphins play this year, but okay. especially going up against the Chargers' defensive front. The Miami Dolphins' offensive tackles going up against the likes of Khalil Mack and uh, Bosa on the other side. That, to me, and obviously, you know, we, we know uh, we, we know Tua doesn't want to take any unnecessary hits at any point in the season. That is going to be a big-time matchup for the Dolphins' offensive tackles on Sunday. So you could imagine that the ball is going to come out of Tua's hands quickly, right? Yeah. But we've seen that last year as well. That's how the Miami Dolphins' offense is designed. But to kind of calm down those defensive ends, just pinning their ears back and trying to get after Tua, you got to run the football. So the Miami Dolphins in the preseason, we've seen some pretty good running play, running back play at a, a number of different running backs. And so the Miami Dolphins, they definitely have to run the football, and then they have to get the ball quickly out of Tua's hands, and they should be all right. When it comes to Tua, none of us know what's going to happen when it comes to injury, you know, right. like a, another possible concussion or something like that. But, you know, we got to ride with it right now. I look at the Miami Dolphins defense. You talk about a new defense coordinator, new personnel as well. I think the Miami Dolphins defensively has very few weak spots. When you look at the unit together, they could do a little bit of everything. They could stop the run. They could get after the quarterback. They could cover tight ends. Secondary is pretty solid out there. Yeah, we would love to have Ramsey, but I think the Apple will do a decent job. I think our safety play is going to be outstanding. I love Holland back oh, there. Yeah. I mean, I think the Miami Dolphins is so much focused offensively here, but I would not be surprised if that defense ended up in top five. And so let's hope that that happens, you know? And, and again, it's the first game of the season, right? So – that's when teams really don't know what you're going to do, what you're all about. Mm -hmm. And so if there's ever the perfect time to catch a team like San Diego, who has, oh, I'm sorry, L.A., who has a very solid quarterback. Offensively, they're, they're going to put up some points. And defensively, they could get after you. So I just like the fact that the Miami Dolphins get, are getting them week one. I saw, yeah. a, couple, I saw a couple of glimpses. In the preseason, that the Miami Dolphins actually using Tyreek Hill a little bit differently, a little bit more differently this year than they did last year. Last year, if you go back in your mind, okay, Tyreek Hill was often running across the field. It was taking advantage of his speed. No one could stay with him. Defenses, if they were playing zone, you could pass going across the field and then they used to run that deep that deep like post that we oh. see often in preseason i saw a couple of plays where you know he'll slot and now you got an outside receiver clearing everybody out and he was just running like a 15 yard out and he's gonna get everybody on that almost like that west welker slot receiver 
they put him in that position a little bit more. So I think that Tyreek Hill will have plenty of opportunities to catch and run, and that's going to be a nice thing to watch. Yeah, and, and of course we're going to talk about the quarterback matchup because Tua and Herbert, they're always going to be thought about in the same conversation, always. right? You know, Tua taking one pick before Justin Herbert. You know, Herbert, to his credit, uh, you know, hasn't done it in the playoffs, obviously, nor has Tua. Uh, but Herbert, you know, to his credit, uh, has uh, thrown for more passing yards in his first three seasons than any other quarterback in NFL history. Uh, meanwhile, you know, when Tua was on the field last year, uh, Tua was the most efficient quarterback in the league, and the Dolphins Correct. had the top offense in the league when Tua was on the field. So we'll talk more about this matchup. But, folks, we have to remind you, if you want to get the full NFL Sunday experience, you've got to be on prize picks. Today is a flex Friday, my friend. So you've got a, a no-lose situation with a $20 pick. Even if you lose, you get $20 back. And, man, Troy, I had a good time you know, kicking off the NFL season Last night on Prize Picks. Uh, hopefully, I can win some more money coming up on Sunday. Uh, but I want to look at some of the Dolphins' numbers here. And by the way, if you want to get signed up while I open that up, I'm going to pull. I'm going to pull it up Troy Stradford style. I'm going to go up on my computer because I can't uh, can't get my phone working. PrizePicks.com. So if you want to get and take full advantage of Prize Picks, I do recommend the Prize Picks mobile app. Download it, folks, on your on your iPhone, your Android. And when you use our code five, that's F I V E, they're going to match your first deposit up to a hundred bucks, Troy. And I know you and I, uh, we had a lot of fun all season long last year playing on prize picks. We had a lot of fun and we're going to have more fun this year because we're going to win more this year as opposed yeah. to moving it out. We're going to take it in. So yeah, I, I love the, I love the app and I play the app and, I can't wait for Sunday. I did not touch last night's game any of the over-unders, but I'll be ready to go on Sunday. Yeah, and that's how it works, guys. You simply select two, three, four, five players and predict if they're going to go higher or lower, over or under their stat projections, and you can win real money, guys, doing that. Real money. Real money, absolutely. Real money. So I'm looking at uh, – all right, do you want to know the uh, the quarterback uh, – num- well, why am I looking at first-half numbers here? Hold on. Oh, i got to do the regular NFL board. All right. So I've got the uh, the Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Herbert numbers. So Tua Tungavailoa, the higher or lower for passing yards is 254 and a half. I think I'm smashing the higher on that one, Troy, that he's going to throw smashing it more than 255. I'm smashing it. I like the over as well. I really do. I go over. What about for Justin Herbert? It is a little high, 293 and a half. No, now, no. Herbert did win that duel last year, Troy. Too. Herbert had a uh, – they are one and one against one another. Herbert took the battle last year. You don't think no. he goes over 293 and a half? I do not. He will not get 300-yard passing against the Miami Dolphins. Okay. I don't think so. I think the Miami Dolphins will be able to get to him or close to him, make him throw the ball a split second too early. I say no on that. No. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's take a look at Tyreek Hill over or under 85 and a half receiving yards. That's a good note. I I could see him going off for 90 to 100. I'm going to go higher on that. Donald, that's like taking like the lollipop from a five-year-old. He's going over. He's going (laughs) over. He's going over. 
You talked about smashing the last yeah. one. Yeah. I'm smashing Tyreek Hill on this one. He may go over that on one catch, right? If he, if the Dolphins time. are like at a first and 10 from their own 10-yard line, he may get a 90-yard catch. You know, Miami Dolphins, they muff the kickoff and they get trapped in their own zone. And then the yeah. very first or second play of the game, boom, to the house. Let's go. Now, what about uh, Keenan Allen? The, uh, the Chargers, it seems like Keenan Allen's been in the league for like 20 years. Like I, I remember drafting this guy in fantasy in like 2000-whatever. Uh, his number is, and he's a great weapon, 67 and a half. I think I'm going I, higher than that. I go over on that yeah. as well. I, I think that very capable wide receiver, right? Been there, like you said, seems like he's been in the league 20 years. Yeah. I am going to say that he will actually go over on that. Yeah. All right. So, guys, to get started, download the Prize Picks mobile app or go to prizepicks.com. Uh, when you, it's easy to sign up, create an account, fully legal in Florida, by the way. And at Prize Picks, it's you against the numbers. You're not playing against a, a house, you're not playing against other people. It's just you versus the numbers, higher or lower than player stat projections. You're winning real cash. Sign up with our code five. That's F I V E. Sign up with our code five. And they're going to match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Prize picks truly is daily fantasy simplified. All right. So Troy Stratford, the uh, the Chargers yes. are three three point favorites in Los Angeles. Dolphins are uh, are three point underdogs, and the home team gets three points, right? Right. So that shows you it's it's basically it's basically a pick up. So I want to with your your NFL experience because you you played in Miami, you played on the East Coast. I always feel like when you're going to the other coast, it's more difficult to go west to east, especially for a one o'clock game, because then it's like 10 in the morning. I agree. Much easier going east to west because it's a 420 p.m. game, 425, whatever it is, which is basically like a 120 p.m. game for the Dolphins. Did that like it was jet lag, anything time change? Was that a factor when you went east to west? East to west is always. It's a little tricky because you're playing early in the in the morning. So that's why teams nowadays they like to get out there a day or two earlier than they normally travel. I don't know when the Miami Dolphins went out, but just studying what the Miami Dolphins have done over the last two years, they've always gone out. Last year they stayed out on the West Coast when they had 49ers, then they had the Chargers. They stayed out there. And there's something to be said about that. So I, th- I don't think it bothers you because you get out there early enough and you adjust. A lot of teams like to fly uh, late or, or, or early. I can't figure out which way it goes, but when you get there, you're a little bit tired and you mm-hmm. can shut it down. So they like to get there when it's nighttime. So I, I don't think that bothers players. Either way, to be honest with mm-hmm. you, I just say that I think it's tougher to go west to east i agree but when it's time to play it's time to play and you play no matter what you know college football you got teams that games that start at 12 noon that's pretty early right yeah then all of a sudden you you have other games where they don't start until eight o'clock so you got to wait all day long the worst part is having to wait all day long sunday night football monday night football you're just sitting there. Your coaches are sitting there saying, all right, how can we keep these guys busy? How much downtime do we give them? And you just got to wait all day. And on a night game, 
so many players love to go to the stadium, especially when they're home. Mm-hmm. But they love to go to the stadium like four hours before the game starts. So I don't think that's going to play a major factor. What really plays a factor in the game is the weather. Teams that come down here to Miami, and unfortunately, we it's not like we have early season home games at 1 o'clock where players are just out there melting or, you know, going up to like a Buffalo or a Green Bay late in the season. So you got that heat early in the season and you have that cold weather late in the season. I think that's more of a factor than the time of game. Um, I The factor to me of the quarterback matchup is a juicy one. I know that they're not actually playing against one another and they're not on the field at the same time. But, but they are. They are. Tua Tonga-Vailoa, fifth overall pick in 2020. Justin Herbert, sixth overall pick in 2020. And believe me, Troy, I am nothing if not honest. There have been times over the last three years when I've thought back and said, man, should we have drafted Justin Herbert instead of drafting Tua where we did, you know, and when Tua was on the sidelines and then Herbert, you know, who, uh, again, hasn't you know, proven anything in the postseason, hasn't gotten there. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's got that durability going for him. However, Troy, at the same time, when they've both been on the field 100% healthy in their respective situations, Tua Tungavailoa has been more efficient and his offense has been more productive. Uh, Justin Herbert has got a lot of God-given talent. He's got a, a cannon for an arm, and he does have a blessing of durability. I've seen him take some big-time shots. Oh, he has. Right? I mean, listen, as far as a guy being able to stay in games, uh, you know, few do it better right now than Herbert. But when the moments get really big, Troy, what does Herbert usually do? He usually throws interceptions, right? When the When the lights get brighter and the moment gets really big, he tends to shoot himself in the foot. So... Where do you come down on this quarterback matchup? And, yes, Herbert did his team won, and he played better than Tua did. Tua, I think, only went like 10 for 28 in their matchup last year. It was not a good showing for the Dolphins a season yes. ago. Yes. Uh, but how do you make uh, – what do you make of this quarterback matchup for Sunday? There's a lot of chatter about how Coach uh, McDaniel got outcoached last year by the San Diego coach, Okay. And that's the last thing you want to have to deal with. And he was a little, he was a little upset about having to answer that question over and over and over again. But the San Diego Chargers last year, they did a very good defense against the Miami Dolphins offense. So it just comes down to Tua and his wide receivers being on the same page. I'm sure they're going to have made their adjustments. And I still think that the Miami Dolphins are going to show something that we haven't seen last year. Coach McDaniel is one of those guys he loves to, you know, he loves to come up with something new. And I'm not calling them trick plays. I'm just saying they're real plays. He's just coming up with a concept, a design that will confuse you a little bit. And so I give the advantage to the Miami Dolphins in this game. It becomes even because they're playing on the road and they're playing against an excellent quarterback as well and Herbert. I just think that Herbert reminds me of Phillip Rivers. Like you said, he's one of those quarterbacks that will be outstanding all day long. And then in crunch time, I don't know if he's trying to fit it in or find a little slot or whatever it is, but he has had a, a number of turnovers late in the ball game. So let's hope that that's the case with the Miami Dolphins this year. 
Yeah, and you know, I, I talked about um, you know, the Los Angeles pass rush is gonna pose some challenges, right? Because, you know, we wonder how healthy is Teron Armstead? Uh, is Austin Jackson gonna really do we even know if he's playing? Mm, I don't think we do for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I still I still don't exactly trust uh, Austin Jackson. You know, we'll see how that plays out this year. So it's going to be a tough matchup for the Dolphins offensive line. At the same time, I don't think the Chargers are looking at the Dolphins D line. No. They're, they're not very optimistic about that, because when you have um, the marriage now, we're going to see between Bradley Chubb and Vic Fangio because they know each other so well from Denver. I think that relationship is really going to pick up, and I expect Bradley Chubb, who the Dolphins made a blockbuster deal for last year, I think he's going to have a big season, hopefully a big game on Sunday. And, you know, I, my guy Jalen Phillips from the U was someone who really burst on the scene and had an awesome year last year. I think he can pick up where he left off. And then, Troy, if there's anything that's going to really decide this matchup, right – you know, when you look at, you know, the quarterback play, you could say, you know, comparable when two is healthy and at his best. Um, you know, you you could kind of go back and forth on the defense. But what the Miami Dolphins have with their speed and offensive weapons, I cannot wait to see what a guy like Braxton Berrios can do at slot receiver when there's going to have to be so much attention paid to Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And the way the two of those guys can stretch the field Braxton Barrios can basically, you know, waltz and skip around the flats and just get whatever he wants to uh, with this Dolphins offense. Not to mention Tyreek and Waddle are still going to make plays because, you know, those guys are borderline unguardable, especially the Cheetah. So, you know, outside of the quarterback position, the Dolphins definitely have an advantage at the skill positions with their speed. Listen, when it comes to the Miami Dolphins wide receivers, we know, yeah, Tyreek Hill, we know, Jalen Waddle. Them adding... Braxton Berrios to this unit, this duo, I look at him as Mr. First Down, and I look at him as Mr. Field Position because he is the punt returner. He is a sure-handed guy. Will he turn it over once this year or twice? Possibly. You know, it's a very difficult job, and someone can have, like, perfect time and then go down there. But I'm just saying he should be licking his chops, okay? He should be sitting there saying, it's third down and four. It's third down and five. I got it. Like, I'm going to be open. Tua has to know that. He has to know that. The defense that's playing against them, they're sitting there saying, we get, we can't get burned by the big two. And then I just think that Burrios is going to have his way because he learning from arguably the best coach to play that slot position, right? And yeah. Wes Welker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he has very similar traits and skill set, and he's shorthanded. So I, I think that he is going to be a big addition to this Miami Dolphins offense, especially in the slot. Yeah, and having you know covered uh, Berrios for four years when he was at the U, you're you're going to be hard pressed to find just a better teammate and a better locker room guy. Um, and you know, I he believe me, I, I know he played elsewhere in the AFC East, but he always had a soft spot for the Miami Dolphins, and I, I think it was an ideal situation for him to come back home. He's happy to be here, and you know, he's going to be one of these underrated kind of glue guys in the locker room. He's going to help improve that culture as well, which is something you know a lot of people you know don't know him personally, haven't covered him, may not may not kind of know how he's going to affect that, but I think that's going to be a big uh, deal for him. Big. He's going yeah. to be big. And, you know, 
I'm even happy for you, Donald, and the fact that you have two former Kings. Oh, yeah. Who are going to play important roles on this Miami Dolphins team. Uh, earlier this, this week, I did the Jason Taylor Foundation where he provided free money for uh, high school, high school, junior high school kids to go awesome. shopping. Right. They all got like $300 a piece and they could go pick up whatever they wanted to. And Mr. Phillips was there and I took a look at him and I said, oh, my goodness. Like that was the first time I really saw him that close enough person. And I go, oh, my God. I'm like, this guy's like a specimen. Yeah. I follow him on Instagram and stuff like that. Great personality as well. You talk about Berrios and how nice a person he is. Jay Phillips was very inviting and, and engaged with what was going on. And you, I just looked at him and I go, this guy right here, he he gets it. He, like, he works in the community as well. He understands that he can make an impact, not just on the Miami Dolphins, but he can make an impact yeah. on the community of South Florida down here. And I think he's going to have a huge year for the Dolphins. So, by the way, would you like uh, the latest from about three hours ago on Teron Armstead's status? Because you mentioned before, hey, do we actually know if he's going right. to play? We don't. But here, here's what Mike McDaniel yeah, here's what Mike McDaniel said uh, earlier today around noon. Um, uh, this is uh, David Ferrones from the Sun Sentinel tweeted this out with the quote. Uh, Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel says he wants to see Teron Armstead Friday. So I guess he's going to be watching him today before making a determination on his status for game day. He didn't commit to Armstead practicing. I know he didn't practice yesterday, but said the team will put him through some drills. Now, to be fair... Teron Armstead, did he practice at all last season? Even so, like, like Teron, well, a lot of times you look at, oh, did he practice uh, for any player? Oh, he didn't practice on Thursday. He's probably not going to play. Those rules don't really apply to Teron Armstead. He can huh. go through an entire week not practicing. They and I don't know how. Out there. Yeah. I don't know how you could do that. That speaks to what a professional and what a talent he is where – this man doesn't even have to practice. <laughs> he could go yeah. out there and play in a game against arguably the most highlighted position on the defensive side of the ball now is that guy rushing off the edge. And the guys that he has to deal with, okay, they are ready to go. They, they make a lot of money. They want to get after the quarterback. They want to cause – destruction along the way and for him to be able to sit and study and learn and just work on his techniques on the air and then go out there and play a professional game that's like just incredible to me and the fact Donald we very rarely do we even factor in not that linemen are running the 40-yard dash 30-yard dash anything like that sprinting downfield are you in shape? Like <laughs> that's the thing, yeah. And he's he, he's he's a little older, and he's a big fella. But I, right. he must keep himself in it. And I know that even when he doesn't practice, they got him doing that conditioning work. Which I'll be honest, Troy, sometimes that looks more tiring than practice. But it's oh. not the same. It's no, not the no. same when yeah. you have a yeah. two hundred eighty-five pound, three hundred pound guy leaning on you, beating on you. That wears you out. So yeah. I don't care. 
how long you, you, you work out on the side, okay, or how well you ride the bicycle, it's just not the same when you have someone else just well, like and he, and he, and he does uh, boxing, I think, which is which is pretty darn tiring. So he's uh, oh yeah, I think he yeah. takes it pretty soon. And this is funny, man. And uh, Alfredo writes to us. Uh, by the way, Alfredo from Three Yards Per Carry does a fantastic job. But we thank Three Yards Per Carry for sharing their podcast feed with us. Teron Armstead has had a total of seven practices in two camps and a season. Whoa. That's cool. remar- can you imagine, Troy, if, if you played uh, two years, you only had to practice seven times. Yeah, I could probably still play. (laughs) At this age, I could still play, right? Incredible. Yeah, uh, Alex Alex M. It's like a couple months late on this message. He says, I know this is old news, but I'm so relieved Zach Thomas got into the Hall of Fame. That's my all-time Finns favorite. And yeah, Troy, I know know this was a while back, but um, it was Zach was for so many years a, fi- a semifinalist and a finalist didn't get voted. In. I was really starting to worry that you know the committee was just never going to vote ZT in. So deserving. I mean, you want to talk? I mean, just based on based on his numbers and what he did in the league, deserves to be in. Not to mention the fact that he did what he did, being so undersized, right? right. Because and you see like. I watch a lot of college football, pro football, even some high school football, Troy, and I, I, I see 16-year-old linebackers that are a lot bigger than Zach Thomas was when he was in the league, right? So what he was able to do at his size, but even if he was like six foot four, you could still say those are numbers worthy of getting into the Hall of Fame. Like the only thing, obviously, he didn't get was the Super Bowl ring, but they don't usually hold that against defense no. players the way that they do against quarterbacks, but it was overdue. I'm so relieved Zach got in. Zach is a class guy, and he played the game hard. You went out and you bought a jersey that had five four on it. Like yep. you knew he was going to show up on that day that you happened to go to the football game. He was a hard worker. What I appreciate about, appreciate about Zach is when he was playing, he reminds me of I'm going to say Mike Singletary. Just the knowledge of the game. I can remember being a rookie. Uh, no. Yeah, rookie playing against the Chicago Bears. And we came to the line of scrimmage. And I am not lying. Mike Singletary called out every play we were getting ready to run. Mm-hmm. That was the homework wow. he did. Wow. When you study Zach, Zach, if you go back and listen to some of the things that he said, he was that same player. He beat you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, doing his homework, studying the keys, knowing where he needed to be, knowing what was coming. And if other players studied like that, and I'm not sitting there saying that he wasn't the most athletic guy because he would run all over the field. He was. I've, I've seen him dunk a basketball, Troy. I remember there was a day when I was in uh, when I was in college at Miami. For, so this was Zach was with the Dolphins at this time. This must have been like 04 or 05. For some reason, Zach Thomas was at the uh, the Wellness Center gym at the U playing basketball. And I, I saw that. I don't know what he was. five. Well, what he is. He's not dead. I don't know. He's like 5'11 or something. I saw him dunk. I'm like, all right, that dude, that dude is really athletic. That's special, right? Yeah. It's amazing how many football players that I've seen. I've seen 300-pound Big guys, you know, big offensive linemen. And you could just see, yeah, they might be 6'2 or something like that. 
but they'll just go and slam that thing down. Zach was one of those that used to slam it down at 5'11". Me at 5'9", I used to slam it down. It was no problem. Mark Clayton was like crazy with the basketball slamming oh, yeah. it down. And it's just the, you know, you're built up. You're, you're so strong and everything. And that's all before the injuries come. And that's when you slow down. You can no longer do those things. But Zach was just a wonderful guy every time. You know, I was in his presence. He took the time to, you know, shake hands, say hi. And we didn't play together, but he knew from the past, my past and all of that. And he paid respect to that. And he wasn't one of these like snobbish guys. Like I'm, I'm all this and I'm too much where I can't take time to, you know, talk to a former guy who came along before I came along. So Zach is just first class and kudos to him and, I knew a couple people who actually went up to the Hall of Fame event to see him inducted. And just what a special thing. Just a special thing. Awesome. Uh, by the way, Alex M., thank you for the super chat. And he says, over under on two touchdowns, three or more, three more or less than three, Troy. I'm going to go, you know, uh, I think the Dolphins are going to win the game. I think Tua is going to play well, but I'm going to go with two touchdowns because I think the Dolphins are going to score two passing touchdowns, maybe two rushing touchdowns. Because uh, the the running game's been really good throughout fall camp and, and preseason, so I'm I'm gonna go Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle each catch a touchdown from Tua. But even though I think Tua is gonna play well, Dolphins will win the game. I'm going under three. What do you think? I say he gets exactly three. Okay. I, I go Hill Waddle, and I go a running back. I think that the yeah. Miami Dolphins we've seen that in preseason as well, where down inside the red zone, they've been able to utilize that running back coming out of the backfield. And the way these guys have been running, they've been able to get into the end zone. And sometimes, or a couple of times, they were like wide open where they could just kind of trot into the end zone. So I just believe that, especially if they could run the ball early in the game or throughout the game, you got the two wide receivers getting one and you got a running back as opposed to running it in mm, him. Yeah catching one and getting into the end zone. So I say right on, right on the spot. Three. Yeah. Okay. Okay. By the way, Alfredo wrote this in. He says, Herbert was better than Tua the first two years. Tua was better than Herbert last year. I agree. If Tua is better than Herbert again this year, what is the narrative going to be? Um, You know, I don't know, Troy. Um, I I hate to admit this because I know Dolphin fans, we love having this us against the world mentality, uh, which is, well, sometimes true. It's more true for the U than it is for the Dolphins because everybody outside Miami hates the U. But I kind I kind of feel like people are starting to come around a little bit on Tua, right? Whereas because the nar- the narrative used to be for the first couple years, like hey, this guy's like the narrative was hey, this guy's just not very good, and then the narrative changed to well, he's really good. He just has trouble staying healthy, right? Where Correct. this year. Uh, if he does stay healthy and, you know, and, you know, obviously beating Herbert head to head on Sunday would, would even go a long way into this. Um, I, I think Tua could basically win over all the critics this year, especially in a really tough AFC East. So if Tua has another year better than Herbert and if Tua stays healthy or healthier this year than he did last year, uh, I, I think the narrative will come around because I really feel like people wanted to love Tua because the narrative was very positive when he was in Alabama the yes. narrative kind of got negative for the first couple of years. Of my, I think Tua can still win over all the hearts and minds. So I think he can do that this year. Well, I think the difference is Tua has himself 
and a better offensive system that's more suited to him. There are so many guys in this league who, if they're not in the right system, they just don't perform well. And I think that what McDaniel brought down here, Tua flourishes in that. You go back to the first two years when it comes to the Miami Dolphins offense, yeah, you had Tua, but I said this often. I was like, was there anyone else on that offensive unit for the Miami Dolphins that a defensive coordinator stayed up at night and worried about, oh, my goodness, how, how – and I'm not knocking anyone that was here. How are we going to stop this guy? And I'm at a loss. You know, Devontae Parker was here with the – and I'm not knocking him. I, I'm just sitting there saying he's not a game changer. All of a sudden, you surround him with dynamic talent, guys who you slip, you make one mistake, and it's lights out. And so you see the level of play for Tua just going to another level. And then, yeah, the question now is, can he stay healthy? And let's see all the training that he has done here in the offseason, if that will pay off for him, because if it does and he stays healthy the entire season – and very few quarterbacks stay healthy the entire season. Most of them miss one game or two games, right? If you yep. stay healthy and his receivers stay healthy, because that's the name of the game. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs last night, and the Kansas City Chiefs, they were missing some of their stars. They could have used Kelsey last night. They would have won that game if Travis Kelsey had played. And so all of a sudden, you're not that firepower team that you've always been. So. Yep. It's not just the Miami Dolphins. Every team has to stay healthy, as healthy can be. And you should, you know, you should have some pretty good results. But I look at it now, two is in the right system. He has dynamic players that he's putting the ball into their hands that can make plays. And I don't see him having outside of injury. He's not going to have a bad year. So this debate between two and Herbert will continue into next year and continue into the year after that. Let's hope it does, because that means that you're talking about a quarterback who's playing on an upper level, right? Well, who's better? That means that they're both playing well. We're not going to sit here and argue if these guys are, if we're arguing if they're the 20th best quarterback or the 19th best quarterback. We're arguing if, you know, who's in the top five, because we know Mahomes is one. Got Josh Allen up there. You got Herbert, not Herbert, uh, Cincinnati. Burrow. Burrow that's going to come out of your mouth. And then you're going to get down to these two. You got Jalen Hurts out there in Philadelphia. So to be mentioned in that group right there, I'm all right with that. By the way, you, you when you mentioned Burrow's name, it reminded me of something. Uh, this was this stat was told to me earlier today because uh, I, I was uh, co-hosting the uh, – the Locked On Network college football preview for this weekend. And and my co-host, Drake Toll, had this stat, which is incredible, because just how different college football is nowadays, Troy, with NIL, with all the money these players can make. And obviously, you know, if if you're like a a second-string offensive lineman, you're not making much NIL. But if you're a star quarterback, you're making more money than some guys in the league, okay? Shador Sanders at Colorado, he is making more money in NIL – than Joe Burrow is making in his base NFL salary. That's how well this dude's doing in college. 
Um, Caleb Williams, who's at USC, who won the Heisman last year, he does have one more year of eligibility after, but you know, he's expected to be the first overall pick in the NFL, but it's probable that Caleb Williams would actually make more money staying at USC for another year next year than he would getting to his rookie contract in the NFL. Now there's obviously an argument to get the you get in the year in the league one year earlier, you're one year closer to your your second contract, which is the big one. But he could probably make more money at USC next year than in the league next year. That is absolutely phenomenal how much money they're throwing around. And yeah. When you talk about Deion Sanders song, what a wonderful story that was with what Deion Sanders did with his team. He brought in 85 brand new players to that program. And I watched them play last Saturday, and I sat there and said, oh, my goodness. You got 85 new players who you watched them play. They played super fast. They were organized. There weren't a lot of penalties. Yeah, they're going to make mistakes. Everyone's going to make mistakes. His son looked cool, calm, and collected. And when it comes to these NIL deals and these kids in college, there's always, I don't care what state you go to, there's that big dealership that's in that state. There's another big company that's in that state. And what do they want? They want access as well. So they attach themselves to, you know, Sanders' son, and all of a sudden he's driving, you know. Actually, I heard he's driving a a Bentley. That's what I heard he was driving. But well, he, he's driving a car that Joe Burrow can't afford yet is what he's driving. Lord me that he's driving a Bentley. And I'm sitting there saying, this is a college kid. Like, like that's mind blowing. Right. But wow, that's how it is nowadays. And if you are at that level where you could play at that high level, there's definitely going to be a company that's going to attach themselves to you and vice versa. But they get access. Now, all of a sudden, they got a, a suite at the game. And what's a little bit of money to them? You know, they got access. They got right. access. You walk by, they call your name, they shake your hand. You got friends around you, and you're like, oh, wow. You know, Troy, cool. I, I feel like Boston College could use you as a sugar daddy. Like, you, you need to get into the NIL game because that that athletic program, it seems it seems down and out right now. You, you, you lost to some, uh, to some loser team last week. You, you need to pony up for the alma mater. Things, things are not that great up there at Boston College right now. And hopefully they'll get this turned around because if they don't, there will be a coaching change that will be coming. Oh, that Halfley. You know, Jeff Halfley is on the hot seat for sure. Boston, Boston College is, is tough. They play where the Patriots play. All of those years, first it was Steve Groban, then it was Tom Brady, right? They got the great Boston Celtics. They got the Bruins up there. They got the Red Sox up there. You had to turn like four pages deep to find an article on Boston College football back when I played and, you know, it was a newspaper era. So it's an uphill battle. Like when you go to Alabama, you go to University of Florida, they have little communities. Like the city is the college. Like at Boston College, they're like, who? Boston College, where yeah. are they located? Yeah, you know, it's a it's a different animal, you know. Well, I, I had a great time today. Let's go Dolphins this weekend. Uh, I mean, Troy, I, I think the Dolphins are going to win a close game. What do you think? I think they're they're going to cover that three point spread and they're going to win. You know, I'm not. 
I usually don't make predictions when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. And I can remember years ago doing shows with some of the former players. They actually said, Troy, you can't. Like, they were like, no, oh. do not open your mouth. Because I made a couple and everything I said, the opposite happened. Oh, no. The Miami Dolphins win by at least 14. All right. So now, because Troy said it, we're going to lose for sure. Well, See, I hate to do it. And if they lose, I'm making no more predictions. But That's fair. They're winning by two touchdowns. Yeah. All right. Good, good, good for you. Uh, awesome job. Thanks everybody for joining us, whether you watched it live or you watched the replay on five reasons sports, YouTube, or you listened to the replay on the three yards per carry audio podcast channel. And again, thank you so much to Alf, Simon and Chris for sharing the audio channel with us. And you guys already know three yards per carry is the spot to get Miami dolphins news. I also want to remind folks, if you're looking for action on the dolphins or any other NFL team this weekend, betteredge.com b-e-t-t-o-r edge.com fully legal in florida because you're not betting against the house you're betting against other people it's a social platform but you're betting and winning real money and you can even pick the lines you want or if you like dolphins plus three just fine you're okay doing that as well uh, we have a special contest going on betteredge.com slash five rsn and when you sign up use the code five rsn and they're going to give you a $20 gift just for signing up. So, again, fully legal in Florida, as is prize picks, who we talked about earlier. Fully legal. We're not directing you to anything shady or offshore or anything. This is fully legal, in at least in the state that we live in. Double If you're in another state, double-check their websites because they're available in most states in this great country of ours. Uh, maybe some of the crazy states maybe don't allow this, so you can want to check that out. But fully legal in Florida. Troy Stratford, thank you so much, and enjoy your weekend coming up. You got it, man. Go Dolphins. Go Dolphins. We'll talk to you guys again next week on another episode of The Extra Yard, part of the Three Yards Per Carry family on the Five Reasons Sports Network. See ya. Later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.